I'm Corey Birkenbill, and I do whatever I want. Uh, I'm a skier. Um, that's my passion in the winter, and I'm an artist um, the rest of the time. So full-time artist, um, actor too. So that's what I, I kind of say. I do whatever I want, whatever, whatever gets me going. And you were the first person to ski all 16 Montana uh, resorts in 16 days? Yeah, I would say that in the consecutive 16 days, I'm not the first one to ski all of them. You know, um, a lot of people have done that, but I, I, I would love to say that I'm the first one to do it in consecutive days of 16. The whole project was brought into my mind years ago about something fun to do in Montana. Actually, I blew my knee out and I worked for Red Bull and they sent me to the, all these little ski areas to give away free Red Bull, you know, and, and promote the brand and, and do some marketing. And I got this idea while I was doing that because I grew up at Maverick Mountain. Maverick Mountain's my mountain and I love the place and it's the best ski area in the world. And I noticed every ski area that I went to was like a mom and pop, just like Maverick had that, that authentic vibe about it. I came up with my idea that, that year, that winter, to try to ski them all and do it consecutively. I called it uh, Montana Sweet 16. I was going to college and I needed college credits for an internship. So everybody else was working for a hospital, working for a different business. And I pitched it to my, my teacher, my professor that I want to do this, make a documentary. And he was like, yeah. And so I talked to the provost and he okayed it too. And, so that's what pretty much came about. I funded it to myself and through the, the movie, you can see my mom helped fund it too. The, the Montana Ski Areas Association gave me, every ski area gave me a, a ski pass, two ski passes for me and my business partner, Kevin Hilton. And then the Montana Tourism Office bought us a couple rooms, you know, so it wasn't just like us funding it. It was pretty much Montana helped out in a big way. It was like 2,500 miles. It's like from East Coast to West Coast. We didn't even get out of Western Montana. That's how many miles we drove. And uh, we would get done skiing, get back in the vehicle, drive to the next town, next ski area, stay the night, do that. And so we had it planned out because uh, the big ski areas, you can go anytime to a big resort all, all seven days, but we had to logistically plan it out because Mavericks open Thursday through uh, Sunday. Bear Paws only open two days a week, Saturday, Sunday. A couple of them are open on a Monday. So we had to really look at that and go, all right, well, that one's not open and we got to drive, you know, X amount of miles. And so we had to do it in a way that was efficient. <laughs> I, I pretty much had, well, not a year, but a half a year to, to pitch it to, to the Skier Association. I went to their fall meeting and then I got everyone's okay that they would give me a ticket and I would promote them in a positive manner. And so that, that became a big driving force. For a school project, it was the best, you know, <laughs> it was awesome. So just became something special, I think, and showed people that you can do it. Even that year at Maverick, when I would sit there and put my boots on, some kid ran in and he had wickets I mean, he had so many tickets on his side of his pants, and I just looked at him and I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm doing the Sweet 16, and I'm like, yeah. And he, like, I, I was like, well, that's me. And he looked at me like, whatever, and just ran out the door and went skiing. And I was like, okay, whatever. But it's the people. Like, every person 
that skis in Montana is like-minded. The openness, the they're there for the the turns. They're not there for you know the condos and the big glitz and glam. I mean, there is a piece of that, you know. But I really think that people in Montana have something special. They're authentic, and skiing is like a tribe, you know. Each each little ski area has its own little tribe, but it's like you know it's the same tribe it's cool it's really fun and you know we're all water so I mean that's why we're attracted to snow um, each ski area has its own little kind of niche and you know Great Divide has cool train parks and um, really cool night skiing Big Sky's Big Sky I don't have to talk about Big Sky you know Bridger is Bridger man like that's that tribe there goes off you know and then you have Red Lodge, it's kind of more relaxed, you know, but it's big. But then you have these little rowdy mountains like Lost Trail and Maverick and Turner and, you know, Bear Paw and those types that, you know, Bear Paw's on an Indian reservation, you know. So that's what's special is each one of them has kind of a little spice yeah. that, that is a little different, but it's the same. It's just Montana, and that's, that's what it is because of the people. Yeah. What I think is, is this bigger development where everybody thinks that I'm going to move, move to a mountain town and I'm going to become a skier. Well, those real skiers are going to say, I don't want to be here anymore, and they're going to go to the backcountry more. So I feel like, yes, people will always ski at ski areas and ski resorts, but I think the backcountry is going to become more of that solitude place where people want to escape the crowds. I don't like skiing with people. I love skiing with my clients. I love skiing with my friends. But when I want to ski by myself, I don't, I don't want to hear anything. I want to hear the snow. I want to be in the trees by myself. And that's, I think, the solitude of, of that is going to the backcountry. I feel like a lot of people are going to start going to the backcountry more because yeah. it's free. And prices are going up when you have a development, you know, that, that more people are there. There's a demand. Um, you got to pay for that lift. Prices go up, you know. So the industry is changing. You know, there was a snowboarding push for decades. Skiing has been huge. Snowboarding. And now skiing's coming back. But it, there's got to be another change because um, I see resorts uh, becoming more expensive. You know, Maverick, Big Sky people are pissed because the Icon Pass and they're like coming to Maverick. So we get this influx of people. Is it good for us? It's good for the local economy. It's good for the, the, the owners. But the locals are the ones that are getting hit. So the locals are going to be like, well, I'm not going to go that day because it's going to be packed. So I'm going to the backcountry. Well, you know, I guess in the industry, they, they don't call it side country anymore. They call it backcountry. Because side country, you know, they're trying to give this terminology is that once you step outside of the boundary, you're in the back country. Don't think that you don't need your shovel, your probe, your beacon, <clears throat> that you actually are in the back country. So treat it as that. And so I think a lot of the wording is, is trying to go to that side country. I still call it like at Maverick, it's side country. We don't really have anything crazy shoots or anything, but you know, um, but I believe the industry is trying to keep it as once you step out of bounds, you're in the backcountry. And it is, a, I mean, the backcountry is a different world. That's why, you know, people are fascinated with it, too. It's because it's fresh. It's, you know, fresh powder. And it's like, I guess uh, the solitude of that is like something attractive. Mm -hmm.
Um, but yeah, I came to Big Sky a lot when I was younger. I remember the first time uh, my mom brought me, she had a, like a ski school uh, certification thing, you know, ski instructor. And so she was in class all day, and us three little boys were out running around, you know, getting in the gondola and just ripping the place up. And I know that uh, people were like, who are these guys? And, and we, we had so much fun. But I remember the meadow, there was only one little, like one little cabin down there. And we stayed in that cabin, and it had bunk beds in it. And now, you know, the development's huge. But back in the 80s, like, Big Sky was like tiny huge big mountain but it was nothing you know the Huntley Lodge and that's it so Bridger I didn't go tell until I was about high school too and but yeah I, I probably high school and into college I skied a little bit there you know had a pass at Big Sky but my, my life is maverick man people invite me all over the states and it's like hey come ski here and I'm like maverick snow and I can't get I can't get away it's addicting you know I remember Maverick Mountain I don't know maybe I was 19 Got my first ski instructor job and and just fell in love with it because it was fun you know going skiing with kids and then throughout the years you have that kid that one kid you're like man he can turn it over already he's got great form and then throughout the years you saw him progress and you're like i did that <laughs> i did that and another thing my mom always you'd say somebody's name yeah i taught him how to ski I mean, she taught like five million people how to ski in, you know, Montana, and there's not five million, but uh, she, she, she would always say that. I taught them how to ski. I taught them how to ski, and it just became part of my, my life of skiing. After I did teach them, I'm like, I taught them how to ski, and I'm like, talking like my mom. <laughs> I taught them how to ski. So kind of fun that when, when you do... Uh, teach somebody how to ski and now I work at the Yellowstone Club and I'm a ski instructor there and I pretty much have the best clients of the world because their their kids are the best they're so they want to excel and that's what's fun you know and I don't teach at Maverick anymore because I teach at the club and I just get a ski at Maverick so I get both best worlds but ski instructing is kind of uh, etched into me through my mother so I think I'll do it for a couple more years Man, I'll tell you what, walking in boots, you can tell a lot from somebody right away. And, and that's kind of it, how they walk on their boots, little kids to older people, you know. Because if they're all kind of back in their back seat, you want their, their knees slammed up, the shins up against the boot. And if you're walking like that, you can already see what they need to work on. And then you put the skis on, and then if that's kind of like, if they're flailing, you're like, okay, we got to just tighten it up. And maybe a little more upper body strength instead of, you know, being a noodle. Uh, with true progression, it's just those little steps of like the boots, the, the take one ski, ski, ski across the parking lot. Even at Maverick, I used to do that, take my kids and, and then put both skis on and start walking on them. And then after a while, they're like skate skiing almost, you know, and you're like, okay, if you can skate, let's do it. And then pretty much it's like, all right, where's your pizza? you know, for right. kids and so a wedge. You, you do all that before you even start. You can, right? you pretty much can. Yeah. I've always taught a lesson that way when I'm, you know, teaching on the flat ground. You know, when you teach it on a steep, they're like flailing in the back seat and they're falling down and they're like scared. You want to build up confidence and that's what skiing is, is confidence. To be a good skier is a good person. That, that's like just those little steps but little steps turn into big leaps. Because uh, when you're on your boots, different, but when you're on your ski, you can like roll your, your ankle 
and your, your, your knee and you can feel that edge. And so you can play with, with, with different people and right away it clicks. And you're like, oh, that clicked with them. Let's go do this. And, you know, now we have magic carpets and we have these little bunny hills that, you know, they can stand and get, you know, learning at Maverick. We had the Mighty Might and it's like yanking you down and the kid won't let go and he's getting drugged. It's the T-bar, right? It's the T-bar, yeah. The little orange paddles, it's the Mighty Might lift. And then if you get, you get bucked off and that orange paddle comes whipping around and knocks a kid in the head and they're like, well, they'll never do that again. I think learning is, and can be, it is the most rewarding, is how to learn how to ski because that confidence. To see a little kid know that he's doing, he or she is doing something that like their mom and dad aren't. That's, that's like, I'm, this is who I am. I'm identity. That's when I was two and a half years old, I was like, I'm a skier. I know my name, I know my mom's, but I'm a skier. And, uh, you know, I remember my mom always had a class, but I wasn't in the class. <laughs> I'd just ski up, do a hockey stop, little hot dog, you know, and she'd look at me like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. She's like, well, can you show them this? And I'd show them real quick, and I'd like, and then I'd ski off. And all the kids would be like, what the heck? <laughs> I don't know, there's a competitive part of skiing too, because um, even at 42 right now, I, I'm competitive with myself to get better. And every year, literally, I get better skiing. I think that just you, 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 you can tweak this and that, and you're like, oh, if I lift my hands up, if I, if I do this, do that, you know? And throughout the years, I just kind of brought that into my teaching too. It's like you find these little tricks that kind of, you can cheat the system a little bit and be like, well, this is, this is how you do it, you know? I love it. It's, it's my life, you know? It's, it's the most important thing in my life. And I only get to do it for like four months. And maybe 100 days out of the year. That's the special thing. It's all about powder. Totally. <laughs> I'm sorry, but fast, speed too. I love, I love going fast on a groomer when it's not powder, but like, it's an addiction, man. I love it. I absolutely love it because there's nothing else like it. And like I said before, it's like we are water. We're so attracted to skiing because of its water. And then it's like surfing. Why do, why do people surf? It's about the flow. It's about this. It's water. And, and there's, there's something special about snow that, that we're attracted to for the winter. It was that short period of time in Montana. Uh, but I can't, I can't stop. You know, it's the best thing in the world. Come back to thelastbestski.com for interviews and the scoop on skiing Southwest Montana. Until next time, happy trails.